the darkness fades into new beginning as we lift our eyes to a hope beyond. All creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God. Good morning, Grace Life Church. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Life Church. This is our second week that we have been able to gather together in person again, and I'm uh, really grateful for that. One of these days we'll share all the glory stories behind how that came to pass, and uh, it looked like it was almost impossible to do, but God made a way for us to do that, and I'm really grateful for our partnership with the school and for all the ways that the uh, principal, Ms. Carolyn, and the vice principal, Mr. McAuliffe, have worked with us. And you probably noticed as you came in that the front gates are closed. Uh, and there's a, there's a good reason for that. It's a liability reason, actually. The, whether it was through the storm or just through, you know, time, uh, second law of uh, thermodynamics, the power lines out front are drooping a little bit. And that's a liability for the school. They can't open those gates, even though most of you probably don't drive a vehicle that is going to hit those power lines. If somebody did, it would be really bad. So those gates are going to remain closed. So you can pass that along. We'll put that in a social media post or something, letting people know that you can just come down. Obviously, you figured it out. You're here. Uh, but for next week, people that aren't here this week can, can figure that out. Well, I'm really excited for what God has for us today. And uh, we're going to hear Kyle Judkins. He's going to preach this morning giving me a little break and, and uh, also just bless us with, with the message that God's put on his heart. So I'm going to pray right now. Uh, we'll wait for the very end for announcements. But as you can see, it's Communion Sunday. And I know because of the pandemic, that puts uh, some people, uh, they're nervous about that. But I want you to know we're doing it different today, okay? The people that are going to distribute the elements are going to wear gloves. And we've actually pre-ordered... Uh, packages that have a cracker and have the juice already in them and I'll explain more about it at the very end but I didn't want you to see that and think oh goodness I came on the wrong Sunday I don't want anybody handing me a cracker or touching any juice that's been uh, you know pre-poured but we'll talk about that when we get there for now let's just pause and thank God for Jesus Christ and ask him to bless uh, and enrich our experience this morning okay pray with me Heavenly Father thank you so much for your love and for your power and for your grace, and for the hope that that gives us. Thank you that we have a Bible today, Lord, that for the most part uh, in America, we have the freedom to read that, to preach that, to memorize that, to quote that, to talk about that, Lord, without risk or threat of our life being in jeopardy, and so many people don't have that. And we pray for those that are persecuted uh, this morning around the world. And Lord, there's also been a lot of just unrest in our nation Lord, but not just because of COVID-19, but because of injustices, Lord, and, and just tensions racially right now are, are just seem like they're at an all-time high, and none of this took you by surprise, and what an opportunity you have given us as the body of Christ, Lord, to, to be image bearers and to show the world what God is like and to, to demonstrate what it looks like to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so I pray, Lord, 
pray for your people to, to just live lives that are transformed and, and to show what it's like to love and to serve and to protect and to bless others and to enrich the world we live in. I pray for our leaders. I pray for those, Lord, that uh, just feel greed right now, Lord, and, and just have a lot of pain and heartache and hurt and confusion. And I know the enemy would use this, Lord, to drive a wedge very deeply uh, between people who are image bearers. So I pray that you would bring healing and you would bring comfort and for the people that are hurt, Lord, and may we show compassion. May we be good listeners and good hearers, Lord, and just be people who are peacemakers and who breathe out grace, Lord, and love in a time of great conflict and, and unrest and confusion and hurt. And I pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ will just be put on display, not only what it is, but what it does, Lord, how it transforms us. And so I pray that you would bless our service this morning. May we meet with you, Lord. May you just come again and just surprise us with your power and with your love and with your mercy and grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Grace. How are you guys, how are you guys doing? You guys want to stand and worship with us? We were back here praying. God was just laying on my heart, like going back to like the Old Testament or the walls of Jericho. And when we were, uh, not that we we're being persecuted, but all the craziness and everything going around, the, how the Israelites just went and they just proclaimed the name of God and they just praised him. And I just want to do that this morning, um, that as we are uh, proclaiming the name of Christ and as we just pray for our nation, for all the crazy stuff that's been going on, um, that we would just proclaim the name of Jesus and we proclaim the name of God and God's power. Um, over our lives and what he's done in our life. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be you. Seven blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be your name. Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be the glorious name. Blessing be your name when the sun is shining down on me. When the world is all as it should be, yes, and be Blessed be your name on the road. My glorious name, you give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose. And say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. 
will choose to say No, blessing be the name Blessing be the name of the Lord Blessing be your name Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be the glorious name. Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be your name. Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be your glory. Darkness tries to roll over my bones And sorrow comes to steal the joy out When brokenness and pain is all I know No, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken It's my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. She no longer has place to hide and I am not a captain to realize I'm not afraid to leave my past behind no I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I This power that can break off every chain This power that can empty out and break This resurrection power that can save This power in your name Power in your name this power that can break off every shame. This power that can empty out and break. This resurrection power that can save. This power in your name. Power in your name. It's my fear. 
Father God, we just love you this morning. We just praise you just for allowing us into your presence. God, we just pray that you continue to give us wisdom on how to witness to our friends and family and that we would just be able to share your word the way you want us to share your word.
Him all the praise we can ever bring. Worthy of every breath we can ever bring. We live for You. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. God, we just praise you and we love you. God, we just ask that you would speak through Kyle this morning. That he would be able to offer words of encouragement, Father God. That would you continue to use him as your servant. Father God, we just love you and praise you for everything you're doing for us. For continuing to open in our eyes. For giving us peace and understanding through these situations, God allowing us to be able to meet together as a church for your purpose, Father. We just praise you and we love you for everything you're doing, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, worship team.
Well, I just wanted to introduce Kyle, but I really don't need to because he leads worship up here with the rest of the team and TJ, and we've got a different kind of system than some churches do. We, we have a co, co-worship leader model here where there's two people that, that lead worship and they switch off to give each other a break, and I'm really grateful for both of them and for all of our worship team. Um, so you know who Kyle is. You've seen him up here singing and leading worship But what you may not know is that Kyle feels a strong calling from God on his life to be a preacher and to open up the Word of God and to enrich people and build people up and to evangelize. And I've been able to spend just a good amount of the last year. Uh, You know, Kyle's in my D group along with a couple other guys. And so we spend quite a bit of time together and texting back and forth and calling and meeting. And and, uh, I just love him. I love his heart for Jesus. I love his trust in in God's word. And here's what I really like about Kyle. I really like his humility because I'm 45 years old now, now, and I've been a pastor for a good while. And I've also been what they would call a preacher boy. And I know that when you're young and when you feel this compelling call to preach, you get itchy, you get antsy, and you start almost demanding it like, hey, I've got a gift. I need to use it. God wants me to build people up. Would you let me preach? I've never had that one time with Kyle. And if you, and if, and if it happened, that would have been okay, but that just tells me a lot about somebody's character, that they're patient, that they're waiting on God, and, and Kyle has patiently waited on God to open a window uh, for him to be able to use his gift and, and build up the body of Christ here and to share a message, and it even got put off an additional week because when we came back here for the first time, I wanted to be the one to welcome everybody back and preach, but here's what's interesting before, you, before Megan reads our scripture for us is that... You know, a few weeks ago, Brent Carnathan gave me a break, and he preached on adoption from Romans 8 when we were still live feeding from the Hendricks home. And I just, when somebody preaches, I don't tell them what to preach on. I just tell them, use the Bible, obviously, you know. So Brent chose a passage from Romans 8, and I forget which verses, I think, you know, verses maybe 8 through 14 or 15 or something like that. And he and Kyle hadn't talked about it, and I said, well, Kyle, you're, you'll be up a few weeks after Brent. What passage do you want to preach on? He picked up with the very next verse. Uh, in Romans chapter 8. How, how interesting is that? So I just trust that God orchestrated that and that this is going to be a really timely message. I've been encouraged just hearing what he's going to share, and I can't wait to hear him share it. So uh, Megan, you come and read the scripture for us. And while she does, I just want to pray for Kyle real quick. Father, again, I ask that your spirit would come and fill Kyle right now and fill us, Lord. Fill the preacher and fill the hearers. Lord, we, we desperately need to hear from you. We're discouraged. Hope is just wears thin throughout the week. And we gather here at Grace Life corporately once a week. And Lord, we anticipate it. We look forward to it. I look forward to it, God, to hear how you're going to meet us, Lord, through the conversations, through the prayer, through the worship music, through the fellowship, through the greeting, through everything that you do, and especially through the message. So come and speak powerfully through this young man. Anoint him, Lord. Thank you for his godly wife Sadie, their beautiful children, for their family, all the ways they have already blessed and enriched our church. And may he be able to do that now through the gift that you have given him. Pray that you would fan that into into flame this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bible or device, you can follow along in Romans 8, um, starting with verse 18. And it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hello. All right. I'm breathing a little heavy after walking up those stairs, so you might be hearing that through this microphone. Um, I'm excited, guys. Never, I went to school here, and the little heathen I was, I never was walking through the halls thinking, one day I want to be leading worship, and one day I want to be preaching up on that stage. That never went through my mind. <laughs> so that, that, that blows my mind completely. Um, there's one thing I want to do today is point you towards Jesus. No spotlight on me, but all of it on Jesus. And my goal here today is to encourage you, myself, because in today's day and age, as you all know, if you've turned on your TV or looked at your phone once, there's so much happening in the world that is sad. And there is so much darkness and suffering in the world. It can be easy for us to be discouraged. It can be easy for us to only focus on that. It can be easy for us to focus on the suffering and the pain because it can be so severe at times, we can't just sweep it under the rug and not think about it. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're wondering, why is there suffering in the world? Why, why is there so much darkness and hatred? Why is there so much pain and sickness? Why is there murder? Why are there little children dying of cancer? And I think those are good questions. I think it's normal for us to ask those questions. There is an answer, however, and the answer is this world and everything in it is corrupted by sin. All of creation, all of humanity is wasting away because of sin. Ever since it entered the world through Adam, it has just wreaked havoc on this entire world and everything in it. Now let's not get sad about that because there is a bigger picture here that we need to look at. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And let's not only dwell on the fact that this world is a complete mess, let's set our eyes on the bigger picture here. Now, Sadie and I just bought a house about a year ago. Hello? Okay. Sadie and I just bought a house about a year ago, and right outside the back door, we have this patio. And anyone who knows me knows I install screens for a living, so I looked at that patio and said... I want to put a screen porch on that. The mosquitoes are absolutely terrible where we live, so it's kind of just a, a necessity. So looking at the concrete, though, I realized it was very broken, and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, level. There were cracks all in it, and I was like, I can't, build a, I can't build a porch on that. So I decided to tear up that porch and put a new wood deck down and build a porch on top of that. So as I start tearing up the concrete using a sledgehammer, um, it's raining, it's cold, I'm wet, I'm hungry, I'm sore from swinging a sledgehammer. Um, and there, there was just 
concrete flying everywhere, piles of dirt, piles of concrete. And I was, I looked around at this mess I had just created. And I'm like, is it going to be worth it? Because <laughs> I'm going to have to clean all this up, you know? And I, I was looking at the mess. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this and just make the mess even worse. I was overwhelmed by the mess I had just created. And what kept me going through was the fact that I had a bigger picture in mind, that I wanted a screen porch that could protect us from the elements, from the rain, the sun, the mosquitoes. From these, we have these giant frogs that just swarm our house for some reason, and I, we didn't want that. And it's a nice area that our, that our kids can go out and play, and we don't have to worry about it, you know. That's what kept me going, although I stopped and looked at the mess, looked at the mess around me, and I was overwhelmed by it. I kept pushing through, keeping that bigger picture in mind that, that we wanted a screen porch, a place where we can go and relax and not worry about the bugs or anything like that. Now, I'm not trying to sell you a screen porch, so don't think that's what I'm doing, but that was the bigger picture I had in mind that kept me going through the, the, the back pain, the sore feet, the cuts, the dirt covering my body, the rain, and the hunger I had. That was the bigger picture I kept focusing on. And so I ask you, how can we have a bigger picture mindset when we see the world and the mess that the world is in? What even is the bigger picture? And the answer to that is our future glory. As children of God, we have an inheritance. We have a promise from God that one day creation will be restored. We will have glorified bodies. and There will be a new heaven and a new earth. That is the bigger picture here. And throughout the Bible, there's many examples of, of people focusing on the bigger picture that this life and this body is only temporary, so let the suffering come because I, I will endure it by keeping this bigger picture in mind and the hope that we have. I think the greatest example of that is when we look at Jesus and his life. We know, like Tommy referenced last week in Hebrews 12, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the suffering that went with it. He had a bigger picture in mind. He didn't just give up because of the pain and suffering he was facing. He kept the bigger picture in mind. And reading in, in, in Romans chapter 8, the passage we're going to be reading, is, it, is, it talks about that. Starting in verse 18 where it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, verse 18 is going to kind of set us up for, for the rest of the, of, the, of the time we have. It's going to set us up for the, for the future glory. It's going to set us up for what we're going to be talking about. And the bigger picture is, like I said, our future glory. We have an inheritance as children of God. And Brent talked just a few weeks ago about what it means to be adopted into the family of God. We are God's children, and there is nothing that can, that can separate us from that. But what's important to also remember is that even though we are God's children we will still endure suffering in this life. We will still endure pain and heartache and, and, and tribulation. And Jesus tells us, you're going to face tribulation in this world, but, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And the reason we are still facing suffering in this life is like we talked about just a few minutes ago, we live in a sinful world, we live in a sinful body. Literally everything is corrupted by sin. And we witness that every single day. We see sickness, pain, corruption, you name it, there's just so much going on that we witness that this world is a sinful, corrupted place. We experience suffering in our families. We experience suffering in our marriages, in our finances. 
I know for me, the past seven or eight years, I've went through the loss of my dad, my grandfather, my sister. I've struggled with the battle of addiction, battle of depression, and I still struggle with anxiety every single day. And I'm sure many of you are going through something like that as well. Many of you are going through some sort of suffering. We all have, or we all will. And Paul has as well. And what I love about the Bible is that when we see people writing the Bible, most of the time when they're talking about suffering or something like that, they've endured it. They're not just writing about it, not having any clue what it's about. God told Ananias that he will show Paul how he will suffer for his name. Ever since Paul became a Christian, he has endured suffering in one way or another. He's been beaten. He's been sent to prison where he wrote some of the books of the Bible. He's been in a shipwreck, and the, list, and, the, and the list just goes on. He has experienced suffering, and what helps me understand that is I went and bought these boots about a month ago. And the guy there, I went in there with a totally different idea of what, what boots I wanted, and it, it wasn't these. I went in there, and I'm looking at these boots, and the guy's like, no, you don't want those, dude. Come look at these. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll... I'll go look at them. And he was telling me this story about them. He said he went to Canada last month and he went hiking in them and everything like that. And they're great boots. And what's funny is I've bought boots from there before. And I remember that guy. And last time he was trying to sell me some different boots with a similar story. So I came to the realization is he probably didn't hike in, in the mountains of Canada in these boots. He probably, he probably has never even worn these boots before. He's just trying to sell them to me. I'm like, how can he give me an accurate description of these boots if he's never worn them before? What's funny is I went ahead and bought them anyway, because I do like them. <laughs> and that's not the case with Paul writing this in Romans. He's went through suffering. And he's added up all of his sufferings and compared it and looked, looked at it through the lens of eternity and realized it's not even worth comparing. He's examined it very closely when it says, for I consider, he has put it into careful thought over amount of time, he has thought about it carefully, and he has realized that the future glory we have far outweighs the present suffering. Paul is focused on the bigger picture, and that is the day that our future glory is revealed to us. His faith has produced in him an expectant hope, and that's what I want us to focus on today, the bigger picture. And what exactly is the bigger picture, and, and how we can focus on the bigger picture when we're surrounded by pain and suffering. And the rest of this passage gives us three things to look at that describe what the bigger picture includes. And the first one is the revealing of the children of God. Now in verse 19, it says, For the creation waits with eager longing. And that word eager, eager literally means to lean forward in great anticipation. I go to Matt and Lindsay's house sometimes, and Matt cooks me pizza. In case you're wondering, I really like pizza, in case you couldn't tell. So he's cooking me this homemade pizza, and the whole time I'm just waiting eagerly. I'm like, man, that's going to be good. I cannot wait to eat that. And that's what creation is doing where it says it waits eagerly. It is, it is eagerly longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And when it talks about creation, it's not just talking about mankind. It's talking about literally everything including inanimate objects like trees, rocks, mountains, birds, the stars, the moon. Paul is using personification there to show us just how awesome our future glory is going to be. 
By saying that creation waits eagerly, it shows us that creation is aware that something better is coming. In this life, even though we are children of God, like I said, we will still endure suffering. But just like verse 17 says, it says, we suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him. Right now, it's rough for us. There's no doubt about that. Right now, there can be times where we are just completely broken. Christians are oftentimes persecuted for our faith. We're told, don't you impose your beliefs on me. When we're trying to love someone and just share the gospel with them, oh no, don't you come to me, you Bible thumper. We can be called freaks, crazy, you name it. And that, you know what, that's okay. Because in verse 19, verse 19 is coming. The revealing of the sons of God is coming. Our future glory is coming. We know in verse 16 it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness to us that we are God's children. But one day, we are going to be glorified with Christ, guys. One day, the Lord is going to deliver us our inheritance as His children. We have been bought. We are just awaiting the Father to pick us up. There is nothing that can separate us from that. So you know what? Let the pain and the suffering come now, because it will We will endure suffering and pain in this life, but it is only temporary. And it is oftentimes very hard to keep that in perspective because it can be so heavy sometimes that we just just can't bear it. We can't help but look at it right in the face. But it is important that we look at our suffering in in the lens of eternity and grab hold of the bigger picture here. The second... The second thing I want us to look at that our future glory includes is a restored creation. Verses 20 through 22. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So by reading these verses, we can see that creation is, is, is also suffering. We, can, we, can, we see that creation eagerly awaits the, door, the, the day the Lord restores everything. It's described here as the groaning in the pains of childbirth. Creation's groaning can be seen in natural disasters or anything like that. What we, what we witnessed last night, I don't know if you guys were asleep or not, but there were tornadoes. Lightning strikes, thunder. Those are the pains of childbirth that creation is experiencing, laboring for the new creation. Just like when a woman is pregnant, there is a new life coming. She experiences contractions as the little baby is making its way out. And based off what I'm told by my wife, those contractions are not very comfortable. They're not very comfortable. They're not something that we necessarily enjoy. But... Just like for Sadie and I, the, 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 the contractions and the labors of childbirth were purposeful, and they were working towards something. New life is on the way, and right now creation is in labor, and creation has the expectant hope that new life is on, it, on its way. And just like with Sadie and I, when she was pregnant, we were so excited about the arrival of our children. And right now, we must suffer the pains of childbirth that only prepare us for that new life. Paul is giving us a way to focus on the bigger picture here. When we see disasters like earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, flooding, 
We can identify them as labor pains. And I know that sounds funny. I know that sounds funny to look at a tornado and say, oh, that's just a labor pain. I know that sounds funny, but that's what it is, guys. We'll look at this on a biblical perspective. These are the labor pains of creation. Creation is, is groaning, longing for the new creation when it's set free from the corruption of sin. And what gets us through the pain and the suffering is knowing what's coming on the other side of it. John chapter 16, verses 21 through 22, Jesus is talking. He says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Now, Sadie had some had rough pregnancy. She had some, some bad morning sickness. And she had a lot of sleepless nights due to pain and sickness. But as soon as our children were born and we held them for the first time, we forgot about all that stuff. Because in the light of this new life that had just come forth, we weren't focusing on, on the nights of, of, of being sick and in pain. We were focusing on this is new life here. And the joy we felt looking at these beautiful creations that God had just created far, far outweighed the suffering. And I, it sounds silly for me to say that because I didn't in, endure the pains of childbirth. I'm thankful for that. Okay? I know it looks like I'm pregnant right now, but I'm thankful I didn't have to endure the pains of childbirth. But... The joy of the new life coming was so much better than those pains. That's what can help get us through the suffering, is holding on and focusing on the bigger picture that awaits us. And the third thing I want us to look at is that we will have glorified bodies. Reading in verses 23 through 25, it says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly, as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So we know creation is eagerly longing for the day of restoration, and it's suffering through the pain of birth for that day. And we see in verse 23 that we are as well. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are adopted, and we can feel inside of us the longing for the new heaven and the new earth. We are eagerly waiting for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Our adoption has been completed in, in the legal sense, and we are God's children now, and there's nothing that can, that can change that. But we still await the day with an expectant hope that our Father will come get us. And he will give us our inheritance. Now, isn't it awesome to think about God isn't, isn't holding the, the payment for our sins over our head. He isn't using it as leverage to take advantage of us. In fact, what he is doing is giving us a brand new home, completely free of any corruption and suffering. He's saying, my child, I bought you at a price. I bought you at the ultimate price. Now I'm going to give you a new home and a restored body. 
He promises us an inheritance, and we can look forward to that with an expectant hope. And that can help us have a victorious perspective when it comes to suffering today. We can focus on the bigger picture when we look through the lens of eternity. And God's kingdom is already, but not yet. We were given a supernatural hope when we were saved by God's grace. We didn't have hope before that. When we were wandering in the ways of the world, we were hopeless. We have a hope now that came when the Holy Spirit took residence inside of us. We have a guarantee, we have a promise from God that one day, just like Christ, our bodies will be restored and we will be glorified to that. We will be, we will be glorified with Him. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the day when we will have glorified bodies. As you can see, my body has been corrupted by sin. All of ours has. And how many of us wake up every day or come home from work at the end of the day and our backs hurting, our feet are hurting? I know I'm only 23, okay? I've heard it all before. Oh, you're so young. Wait till you get to my age. I have back pain now, guys. And my feet hurt. How many of us go through that as well every day? You can be honest. I got some of you guys on Facebook, okay? You're not hiding it from me. <laughs> we have something to look forward to. We, have a res- we will have a restored body. Back in December, my sister Sandra passed away after a long battle with cancer. She had it on and off for about 27 years, and each day she was constantly battling the aches and pains, struggling to breathe, struggling to keep her food down. And watching her suffer was completely heartbreaking, but at the same time it was encouraging because she didn't just sit down and take the beating. She was up cleaning the house, going to the pool. We'd go to Disney and ride roller coasters together, and she'd scream like a little girl. Now, if I'm being honest, that was actually me screaming like a little girl. But what I'm saying is, she enjoyed her life here on this earth, even though she was enduring suffering. She had the expectant hope that we're talking about here today. She would wake up every day and push through the pain and focus on the bigger picture. She knew it was only temporary and that one day her body will be restored. And I spoke with her leading up to the last few months of her life and when, when her health really started heading downhill, and she was looking forward to that eternal rest. She was looking forward to the day she will, she will see her Savior's face. She understood her suffering was only leading up to her future glory. And that was a huge, huge encouragement to me. And if there's one thing I want to leave you with today, is that our suffering is not for nothing. Our suffering isn't meaningless. Our suffering has a purpose And it can help teach us things. It can help us build perseverance. And ultimately, it can point us towards our future glory. We must remember in those times of suffering, when it shakes us to our core, that we must fix our eyes on the bigger picture. Have an eternal perspective, like Paul told us in verse 18. Put our sufferings in the perspective of eternity. And we will then realize that's not even worth being compared. Of course, that's a lot easier said than done when we're faced with sickness, persecution. It's a lot easier said than done to just think, oh, one day we're going to have a restored body. Oh, I feel better. No, it's it's not that easy. It takes time of us meditating and praying, going through it with, with others as well. 
God gives us community. It's a blessing that we don't have to go through our suffering alone. We have Jesus, and we have our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Our suffering is not in vain. We will be glorified with Christ one day. R.C. Sproul said it this way, We are followers of Christ. We follow him in the Garden of Gethsemane. We follow him into the Hall of Judgment. We follow him along the Via Della Rosa. We follow him unto death. But the gospel declares that we also follow him through the gates of heaven. Because we suffer with him, we also shall be raised with him. And if we are humiliated with him, we also shall be exalted with him. Because of Christ, our suffering is not useless. It is part of the total plan of God who has chosen to redeem the world through the pathway of suffering. How encouraging is that, guys? Our future glory awaits us. Our future glory awaits us. As children of God, we have an inheritance, and our suffering is only temporary. That's the bigger picture. Our suffering is only temporary. Our future glory awaits us. So the next time you're going through suffering, because you will, and you're just completely broken, you're just completely exhausted and you can't take it anymore, and you're on the ground, just look up. That's the point of view we should have. To see the bigger picture, lay down so the only way that you can look is up towards Jesus and towards heaven. I hope you can be encouraged today, and I encourage you always to look through the lens of eternity. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And this life in comparison to eternity, and this suffering in this life, when examined under the lens of eternity, is small in comparison. James chapter 4, verses 14, talks about how our lives are only a vapor. We're here one moment and we're gone the next. So no matter what comes our way in this life, it is only temporary. We can have a victorious outlook on our suffering. Because of Christ, we have victory over this world, and we have victory over death. We as children of God have an inheritance as co-heirs with Christ, and there is absolutely nothing that can take that away from us. You see, if you, make pay- if you miss payments on a house or a car or something like that, it can be taken away from you. This can't be taken away from us. You know why? It has been already paid for in full at the cross by the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that can take this away from us. So the days you feel like, God doesn't love me anymore, I've sinned too much, that's not true. The blood of Jesus covers all of that. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. We are God's children, and we can declare that at the top of our lungs with confidence. I ask you, are you eagerly awaiting the Father's return? The way I think about this is that I come home from work every day, and it never fails. My son Noah is sitting right in the windowsill waiting for me to pull in. He is eagerly waiting. He is eagerly awaiting my return. And when I walk in, he gets all excited. He does this little dance. He comes over and gives me a hug. So I ask you, are you eagerly awaiting the Father's return? Are you eagerly awaiting the day when he will come, restore our body, and restore creation? There's a song. It's a hymn, and it's called, What a Day That Will Be. It says, what a day that will be when my Jesus 
I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. The second verse says, there'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no no more pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. Do we look forward to the day where where a, a global pandemic won't keep us separated? Do we look forward to the day where we can, we can stay in community forever, where there's no more sickness and no more pain? Are we eagerly awaiting that day? Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't have hope. Maybe you came in here today looking for hope, looking for answers for your suffering. Maybe you came in here today looking for purpose. And I tell you now, there is hope found in Jesus. There is purpose found in Jesus. There is life found in Jesus. Ravi Zacharias, who was a well-known apologist, he said it this way. He said, it's not who you are that defines you. It's whose you are that defines you. We can find purpose and life and hope that lasts for eternity only in Jesus. I urge you today, if you don't know Christ, if you don't have a relationship with him, you can come to him today. There is room at the table for you. You're not too dirty. You're not too far down the path of destruction. You can come be a part of the family of God. A family full of people who are broken vessels, full of struggling Christians, not not Christians struggling to be Christian, but Christians who struggle. Christians who have struggles. Christians who suffer. We aren't perfect. You can come just as you are with whatever baggage that you have. Christ can make you clean. He's the only one who can. You can't save yourself. You can't, you can't inherit Christianity. You can't inherit a relationship with Christ. It's a decision you have to make. Do you feel the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart this morning to come to him? There is hope, life, purpose found in Jesus. I really hope you guys can be encouraged today. What I was thinking about earlier is that our faith is awesome because I don't know of another religion where we can talk about our suffering and be encouraged by it. I don't know of another, of another faith that where we can talk about the sufferings of this world and how it points us towards something bigger, how it points us towards our future glory, where we will one day be restored free of corruption free of sin, free of pain and sorrow and sickness. Creation will be restored. I look forward to that day, guys, and I hope you are eagerly waiting the Father's return. I hope you are leaning forward in great anticipation. Guys, the world is a dark place, as we all know. It is full of suffering and pain and sorrow. And there are days where I can't help but look up and say, Lord... Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be in that new, that new body, new creation. Suffering is hard, guys, and it is painful, but we can have hope. We can have an expectant hope. We put our faith and trust in Jesus and hold on to the promises that God gives us because they will come to pass. 
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just praise you for your word, Lord. I praise you for the hope and the promises that we have found in your word and found in your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone in here, Lord. I pray for their suffering and their pain. I pray that we all can just look to you when we're suffering and in pain, Lord. Let us focus on eternity. Let us have a heavenly mindset when it comes to our suffering, Father. It's not easy, Lord, but we can do it through you and through your word and through, through your love for us, Father. I thank you for that. And Lord, I pray as, as we take communion, Lord, that you help us not just think of it as another, as another practice of our faith, Lord, but let us just let it come alive to us that your body and your blood saves us, God. It redeems us, Lord. And our faith doesn't, our hope doesn't just stop at that. Our hope continues on where we will one day have a new creation and a new body, Lord, where we'll be with you for eternity, free of all cor- free of all corruption and sin. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. Are you encouraged this morning just to hear the bigger picture, to see the bigger picture, and to be reminded that this is not all there is? Well, this is the time in our service. It's the uh, first Sunday in the month, which means it's Communion Sunday. It's we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And I'm going to invite those that are going to serve us to just get organized and make their way down here when they're ready. And again, if you walked in a little bit late and hear the announcement at the beginning, if you're uneasy taking communion, that's okay. Nobody's going to judge you for that. No, these are strange times that we're facing in our in our country and same with wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or being ready to come back to church and regather or staying home and joining us via the technology of YouTube and, and uh, Facebook when it works. We're, we're, we're thankful for that. But I do want to remind you what communion is. Communion is an ordinance that Jesus left us with. And it is a reminder of what Kyle talked about, whose we are. It's a reminder that we belong to God eternally because of Jesus Christ. He came, he paid the penalty for our sins. He sent his Holy Spirit to fill us, to convict us, to illuminate our minds and hearts to what the truth is, to empower us to live out a a godly and Christ-honoring life, and to conform us to the image of Jesus. And communion reminds us we belong to God because of Christ. And I love the message, and I love that passage, because aren't you thankful that in Christianity, we're groaning, that passage says, right? And God doesn't wag his finger at us and say, quit your sniveling. Stop it. Stop groaning. Get it together. Now, you know what God does? A little bit later in that passage, it says God himself groans. So we groan, but we do not groan alone. God joins us. We groan. Creation groans. God groans. And really, in a, in a strange way, communion is us groaning together with hope. <laughs> we don't groan hopelessly like some people in the world do when we look around and see the mess that the world is in. We groan with the hope and the promise of Christ's return. And that's really, I'm going to read the passage in just a minute. 
But the Bible says, as often as you do this, communion, you do this in remembrance of me, and you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we are groaning with hope, and we are anticipating the return of Christ. So I'm going to pray in just a minute, but before we do, I just want to remind you, communion is for believers. If you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's your only hope for forgiveness, then we welcome you to join us. And we have young people in here today. If your hope is in Christ alone, then maybe you can ask your parents about that. Maybe if you've been baptized, it would be a good, a good sign. Um, then we invite you to join us. If not, that's okay. You don't have to partake this morning. I would invite you to receive Christ. And then the next time we have communion, you can receive communion. But you can see our servants, our servers have put their gloves on here. And, you know, the Bible says lean not on your own understanding, but it never says don't use it. We're trying to be as wise and as safe as we can and help everybody's mind be at ease. So they're going to serve you this morning. I think they're going to serve each individual person. So I'm going to pray and let them prepare the elements here. And then our band's going to play for us. And I'm going to share some scripture to just meditate on that message. And listen, this is not a time for you to be biting your nails, wondering, does God love me? He loves me. He loves me not. No, this is a time you can drill down deep the fact that Jesus gave his life for you. His righteousness has been imputed to you. This is a time you celebrate that. Celebrate that. Let that truth make its way into all those hopeless parts of your heart and fill it with just the eager longing expectation that Kyle talked about. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, if there's anyone here that is just doubting your love, may they see this special ordinance, Lord, as a gift to them this morning to just be reminded that yes, God loves them. Yes, he sent his son to die for their sins. No, he has not changed his mind. Yes, he is coming back to make redemption full circle and give them new bodies and restore this planet, Lord, and for them to see their, their Savior face to face. Yes, he knows what they're going through. And yes, he wants to comfort them. So be with us this morning as we prepare our minds and our hearts to receive this with, with sobriety, knowing, Lord, that we were so sinful that Jesus had to die, but also with joyful hope that we are so loved by him, he was glad to do it. So be with us this time in this Lord's ordinance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You'll see that these elements are prepackaged. We bought them prepackaged, and there's a cracker in there, and there's juice underneath. So you just need one. It has everything that you need, and we'll do it together when they're finished. read the rest of that passage from Romans chapter 8. It says in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is 
the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And then this part this is the best part. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a tremendous promise from God's word. Well, this is what the Apostle Paul told us about communion in 1 Corinthians 11. He said, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What a tremendous reality that we are remembering this morning. What we all deserve was to be slaughtered for our sins, to be broken, to be crushed. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ became our substitute. He stepped in between God's wrath and, and our penalty, and he took the blows for us. He says, this is my body. It was broken and crushed for you. So as you... Take the cup this morning as you drink that juice, as you taste that bread. Remember, this is remembering the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus that he accomplished in your place for you. So let's do it together. All right, now we can all do it together. If you already have, no problem. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you that you know how forgetful we are, Lord. You know 
we grow weak, we grow doubtful, we grow neglectful sometimes to remind ourselves of the gospel, Lord. We have gospel amnesia. We need reminders. We need every sense to be brought in sight, touch, taste, even smell, Lord. We need the to handle something that reminds us how much you love us, something tangible that we can just cling to, God, because so often every part of our body assaults us to, to make us forget, Lord, that we are loved by you. We are understood by you. We are forgiven by you. We belong to you, and nothing can ever separate us from that. Thank you for that promise this morning. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for serving us. Well, the Bible says that on the night that Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples, that when they were finished, they sang a hymn. So it's become our custom and our tradition here at Grace Life to do that. So I'm going to ask our worship team to lead us in a hymn. And then I think we have a few announcements and we'll do our charge and we'll be dismissed. So... This assurance that Jesus is mine. Oh, what a full taste of glory to you, mine. Just hear of salvation, purchase of God. Of his spirit and washed in his blood. This is my story, God. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all my day long. This is my story, God, this is my song, praising my Savior all day long, perfect submission, all it is in Visions of rapture, down bursts on my side. This angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of This is my story, and this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. In my sea, all the day long.
perfect submission. All is at rest, and I am my Savior. I'm happy and blessed, just watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story. This is my song, raising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, God, this is my song, raising my Savior. Let's pray real quick. God, we just praise you and we love you. Just thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, Father God, on your second coming in us reaching our final glory, Father, when we get to see you and we get to worship your holy name, Father. And we get to set our eyes upon you. We love you. We praise you for everything you're doing with us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. That works. Um, just real quick, don't forget, right outside the double doors, there's a trash um, receptacle for you to drop your uh, little communion cups in. We want to make sure that we're taking good care of um, the auditorium in here. And then also, I just wanted to let you know if you if you didn't know or you weren't aware, um, if you miss uh, seeing a bulletin or the announcements all in one place, um, because we're not printing to keep uh, just direct contact um, at a low, the, there's a digital version of the bulletin and announcements and the scripture notes that goes out via um, our email subscription every single week. If that's something you're missing or you want it, um, you can sign up on our website or you can email me at contact at gracelifeflorida.com and I'll make sure that you get that. Um, if you want to follow the charge with me, since you guys are already standing, we can get started. Um, I am a witness. I have been called to minister to my neighborhood in both word and deed. God has given me his word to equip me, his spirit to empower me, and his love to motivate me. I pledge my life for the gospel. You have been sent.
Oh, 